Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank, and glad to have you here on the Remnant Call tonight. And uh, folks, we need to jump right in. Um, you've obviously been seeing what's going on. It is uh, getting bad. But the good news is we have checked. The Lord is still on the throne. So if you're a believer in Yeshua, in Jesus tonight, folks, you have something that you can count on through these dark hours that God promised to never leave you nor forsake you. And I'll tell you what, in this world of uncertainty, I can't think of anything better than the knowledge that my Heavenly Father cares. And so with that tonight, we're going to bring back on Brother Benjamin uh, to share a quick update and some things right now that's going on. And so with that, Brother Benjamin, are you here with me? Hey, Frank. Hey, thank you for coming on tonight in short notice. Uh, uh, that was I really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> one week, and boy, has the world changed even more in one week's program. Yeah, I know, and we're we're not even to the Ides of March yet. We haven't seen the calendar change. It's, <laughs> this is just kind of ringing out the old year. Wait till we ring in the new. Mm. Right, Frank. I mean, this yeah, is this is getting real. <laughs> Yeah, it is, and it's um, and we're getting here, you know, Passover, everything coming up. Um, we are definitely living in the times that, well, it's been, I guess, since 1997 for you that you've been shouting this loud from the rooftops. And um, we're here, folks. Yeah, here. I've been. The Lord, um, when He told me He was going to take my entire life from me, He was. He wasn't kidding, and um, he did. He took it. When he took me into the future, showed me the things that are to come, um, you know, once you, once you take the red pill, you just don't get to go back. You know, there's no way to go back into that happy um, space where the people just sort of enjoy their time in Babylon, you know, just don't mind the blood, the innocent that's on the ground, and you know, to close, turn away from all the idolatry and the wickedness and, you know, have a nice day, right? Yeah. And that's what, honestly, people people want to do still, some to this day. It's vexation of soul to even hear the report in this hour. So, Frank, check yes. this out. Okay, top, you know, just some um, top-level news comments. The invasion of Ukraine, which we're now in day number eight. Russian forces have, have been fairly successful in, in their occupation. We bombed Iraq for 40 days before we sent in the ground troops. Uh, the Russians sent the ground troops in almost immediately. And, you know, we're, we're getting reports from some uh, Western media sources that the Russian troops um, have poor morale, that they were not properly equipped that some of them thought they were merely going to participate in a training exercise. You know, and you pretty much have to take everything that comes from an official media source on either side of a conflict with a grain of salt because disinformation and propaganda is a part of the strategy. But it's sort of fascinating to realize that the troops that have been used thus far in the conflict, Frank? Yep. These guys are the second string, and they're they're using the antiquated tanks. So this is all of the used and old equipment, and this is the, you know, these are the guys that are not actually very well trained. You know, the first line units that are that possess all of the fifth generation weapons, they're all in reserve. They've been reserved for future battles with NATO or you know what may come. So we're seeing the Russian second string. It'd be kind of like watching the Alabama Crimson Tide play football, and um, I'm a bit of a Tide fan, so I use them as an example from time to time. You know, and if Alabama put their second string on the field, you know, it'd still be a pretty tough game for almost everybody. But wait till you'd face the first team. We pretty much never lose. And, um, you know, that's what's happening here. And Frank, not to bring alarm or or panic to 
listening audience. Uh, but I learned today, um, this is confidential. This is not for any kind of public dissemination, so I'm not going to cite any sources. But but this is from intelligence uh, groups outside of our country, but within the NATO alliance, from intelligence groups within NATO, that there are some people that actually believe the Russian nuclear strike on the United States could take place in the next one to two weeks. And um, that if people had the ability that maybe they should get out of the cities. Um, I, I told that to a friend of mine who lives in L.A. and he basically said, I can't hear I can't be on this phone call. I can't hear this. Um, I've got a weekend ahead of me and I've got I need to sleep tonight. And so I don't mean to be rude, but um, I just need to hang up. I, I can't know this information. Well, you know, I don't mean to be rude either, but when this finally comes to pass, you're not going to sleep very well. We probably won't be sleeping for days. Now, I'm still of the opinion that that the actual events of Ezekiel 38 will take place in the fall in the time of the harvest. And and, um, you know, that that the reference for that would be in, in a number of places where. You know, it tells us in Jeremiah 50, 51, at the time of the harvest, you know, this will come to pass. And uh, I will cut off the sower from the land of Babylon and the reaper. Let's see if I can find that reference for us real quickly. Um, it is simply astonishing what is happening to us. And, you know, at the same time, I want to. I want to correct some of the misunderstandings of the so-called experts in the West, right? I mean, Frank, you know, what have we done so far? We, you know, we've, we are doing these sanctions of everything, right? We will not sell you our products anymore. And you yeah. don't have to pay any of your debts to us either. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah 50, 16. Oh, thank you. Um, 50, 16. Let me go there. Yeah. Cut off the sower from Babylon. And him that handles the sickle in the time of the harvest. You know, for the fear of the oppressing sword, they will turn everyone to his own people. They'll flee everyone to his own land. So, you know, just simple little logical question. If this scripture, Jeremiah 15, 51, was talking about any country, just pick a country. Let's say France. Assume for a moment that. France in the last days is the ruling superpower of the earth. It's not France, but let's assume it's France for a moment. How would the French flee France and go back to their own land? <laughs> right? How could the Irish free, flee Ireland? How could the British flee Britain? How could the Germans flee Germany? Only a nation of immigrants could witness a prophecy that the citizens will all return to their nation of origin. So, Frank, let me ask you, how many countries today in the world are comprised of a population, all of whom trace their roots to an immigrant population? There's only, well, there's us and Israel. But Israel is in their own land. And Israel is not ever part of mystery Babylon and Bible prophecy. Israel is actually owned by the Lord, even though they're quite the apostate nation today. They're nevertheless the Lord's. But isn't that amazing? They'll flee to their own land. Yeah, and I would say if you follow the Lord, then you know where your land is. Exactly. That's why Jeremiah 50 in in verse 4 says, In those days and in that time, the children of Israel will come, they and the children of Judah together, and they'll ask the way to Zion. And where's the reference to think on Jerusalem? That's in 51, I'm pretty sure. Um, And we we didn't really prepare for this program, and bear with (laughs) us, um, dear listener. Yeah, it's it's in the text. 
Yeah, go and seek the Lord. No, I thought it was right at the very beginning of the text. I guess not. Uh, You know, where are we going to go? Well, you know, pick the country that is your origin. Go there. That's what everybody's going to do. But, Frank, is it not amazing? You know, now we're doing sanctions. I mean, just think about the fact that the president of the United States spent the majority of the time discussing the state of the union talking about how he would wage economic and sanction war with Russia. Mm. Is that the state of the union? Yeah. No. <laughs> that you was babel. That it's was unbelievable. And and then, you know, take a step back and look, you know, don't get confused by the props that are moving around on the stage, you know, and stop and think and ask the bigger questions. For the last 2 years, all we had was COVID, COVID, COVID. You know, And then we had vaccine, vaccine, vaccine and mask mandate and this mandate and lockdowns, you know, nobody can breathe. You might share the virus. And then in the last, what, week or two, Mm -hmm. suddenly, oh, we're going to relax everything. It's election time. Yeah, let's, you know, obviously the people are getting really frustrated with this. So we need to change to a different crisis we need a new emergency we've worn out our welcome on this coronavirus game so they're going to lighten that up and you know the mask mandate is removed and social distancing no longer required (laughs) they're not they're even talking about no longer mandating vaccines and then bang right on time now we have a new crisis now we have a, a war with russia to concern ourselves with doesn't anybody stop and consider for a minute what's being done to the population of the earth? It's a constant barrage. We're under attack. You know, the beast has definitely opened up the arsenal from hell. Absolutely. Benjamin, I looked up just because I think it's so important that you share that verse. It's 51 for 50. Um, yeah, it's actually 49, oh, yeah. Thank you, set, brother. 49 sets the stage before 50 with the answer. Yeah, you that escape the sword, go away, stand not still. I've, you know, I've tried to tell the people, some people get it. Most people, I think, you know, they don't study the scriptures well enough. They don't, they only remember 20% of what they hear. They don't diligently search things out like a Berean. So they really kind of forget much of what maybe they heard or, or read. But in Jeremiah 5150, thank you. You that escape the sword, go away, stand not still. All right. After this war and the invasion that's going to follow, and when it is over, there's nobody staying here. You know, I know everybody, quite a few people have fantasies about the future, but that's not reality. And instead, the Lord says, remember the Lord from far off and let Jerusalem come into your mind. So, yeah, we're going home. If you're part of the new covenant kingdom of Israel, spiritual Israel, you're going to be gathered together in in the land, in the safety of the land, in the outer. Basically, the wilderness of Zion is where the refuge will be for the remnant of God's people. And yet, so here we are, Frank. And I was reading a report by one of these um, experts. There's so many experts that have so many opinions that are worth so much of nothing. And these, this think tank had concluded that um, they thought Russia only had uh, financial capacity to prosecute the war for uh, perhaps another six to 12 months as a result of all the financial sanctions. Of course, we're not sanctioning Russian natural gas or oil, right? That would be ridiculous. We're sanctioning Russian wheat, and the, the war in Ukraine has effectively stopped production of Ukrainian wheat. And as a result, we're facing a massive food shortage, which will lead to further instability, instability in the in the world's political centers. But you know, we're going to sanction Russia, and they're going to go broke. That's the theory, right? Except Russia has planned this for 50 years. 
I think they've covered the sanction card. All Russia has to do is let their ally in Iran open a second front in the Middle East. And maybe a good way to start would be a massive missile barrage on all seven Saudi Arabian oil exporting facilities, along with the major U.S. and his air bases in the Gulf, and then an attack on Israel as well. And then Hamas and Hezbollah join in for good measure. And a disruption in Saudi oil production, who knows where the price of oil goes? I mean, it'll be up $100 a barrel in one day. It could conceivably go to absurd levels in the international market. a barrel is not inconceivable. That would translate into huge revenues for the oil producing nations. Let me see, who might that be? Well, it's not us, thanks to the actions of the president shutting down a lot of our production. Uh, But it is Russia and it's Iran. And so, you know, Russia's cash flow problem will be solved with phase two of the war. Now, Uh, That will draw the U.S. into a Middle East conflict. Israel, Saudi Arabia, and and the United States will fight Iran, no question. Um, But, you know, phase three of the war will take the heat off the Iranians because the North Koreans will then engage in a massive missile barrage against South Korea, American bases in Korea and Japan. And we will now be divided into a two-front war. South Korea and America will have a tough time, but we'll be able to probably prosecute a successful war against Korea. With our forces divided in fighting in the Middle East, it'll be especially problematic. But but Korea will have the pressure taken off of them by the red dragon in China that will begin firing hypersonic missiles against the U.S. carrier battle groups in the south, the vicinity of the South China Sea. At that point, the world will become afraid. No doubt there will be a call for a ceasefire and and the UN will sponsor emergency peace talks and and the world will will tremble in fear. The economy will have been shuttered. There will have been a complete collapse in the the distribution chain. There will be shortages of virtually everything. I mean, what will gasoline be? Uh, $40 a, a gallon or something like that. You know, Who knows? I, I'm not predicting prices. I'm just saying it'll be a, a level of, of chaos and disequilibrium, the likes of which we've never seen. And during that time, we'll, we'll have our an intermission, if you will, in, uh, in the opening act of the Book of Revelation as the red horse um, gets ready to complete its gallop across the earth. And Frank, isn't it fascinating how the red horse, uh, which, are, you know, it's the horse of war, but it also represents the reds, the communists, right? That is their color scheme. And isn't it fascinating how the red horse of communism and the horse of war has come forth out of the Black Sea? And representing the black side of the judgment and the red horse And the black horse actually ride together because wherever the red horse of war goes, total devastation, economic collapse follows in the shadow of the horse. So they're really going to ride together through the earth. And it all began in the Black Sea, just like in the time of Noah when God judged the whole world. And so here we are. You know, what can stop this thing now, right? Um, Sanctions against Russian elite. Not going to stop this. There's nothing that can stop this. Only God could stop this. And this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day that the remnant will rejoice. This is the day when everyone else will learn fear for the first time. This is the day when we all should be fasting and praying on some basis. Because it's it's quite serious what's happening. It's this is the real deal, you guys. It's no longer a you know a, a report of something in the future. These events are in fact coming to pass right before our eyes. Yeah, and folks, just to be clear, so I don't get any comments down there. Benjamin did not say he was predicting within two weeks that we would get struck. 
He said that's what the intelligence was saying, but not what he believed the scripture said. Just to be clear, because I am sure that someone will say that, and so I just wanted to reiterate that. <laughs> so Thank you, Frank. Yeah, yeah, first of all, none of this is a prophecy, okay? I'm merely a scribe. I've been doing the homework for 50 years, and I've I've learned a few things. I have some insights in the scripture that you might find interesting, but I don't try to act as a prophet. I don't present myself as a prophet, although I have heard from the Lord, but that does not make me a prophet. The office of a prophet is a specific, discrete office, and you know the gift of prophecy is a different gift than the office of a prophet. And hearing from the Lord doesn't make you a prophet. But, you know, the, it's amazing, Frank, how anal the mind of the people is. So many people are so anal, you know, they hang on every little word, and yeah, the certain sources within the intelligence communities think it's possible the war could move that quickly. As we pointed out in the scripture, our expectation would be that it would all wrap up by the fall. You know, we shall see. Maybe there's another year. We don't know. Scripture seems to indicate not. You know, we know in part we've been wrong before. You know, only God is right 100% of the time, and the rest of us you know, we're just doing the best we can to warn a sleeping people. But you know, the part that – go ahead, Frank. Benjamin, one thing I could say, folks, you know, besides there is a scriptural test uh, for a prophet. And I had it on a program a long time ago. I went through the Bible. But one real quick way, you can pretty much in modern-day age know that somebody is not a prophet when they claim they are one. That's almost a 99.9% in modern-day history that they are not a prophet. So just remember that. Because well, most prophets never say, hey, I'm a prophet. Well, and as Jesus said, if I bear witness of myself, my testimony is not valid. When John was confronted by the Pharisees and they asked him, are you Elijah? He said, no, my name's John. But yet he came in the office and in the power of Elijah. And according, we know from what Jesus said in the Gospels, John fulfilled the prophecy the coming of Elijah in the book of Malachi. And yet John was not Elijah. How is that possible? Well, figure it out because that's what happened. So when the Pharisees asked John, are you Elijah? John said, no, I'm not. Because his name was John. But they didn't ask him, have you come to fulfill the prophecy of the coming of Elijah? Elijah was the most anointed and powerful prophet. He wasn't just a prophet. He was a man of of great power who basically opposed the satanic forces in the land of Israel. And could absolutely run. (laughs) Yeah, he could. You know, here we are. The day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come forth as destruction from the Almighty. And Frank, it came right on time. It blows my mind. And by that, I mean it came right after the expiration of the 70th year of America Babylon. Some of you, you know, go back and listen to some of the older programs. We ultimately deduced through several years of careful study that America had been lifted up as the superpower the ruling superpower over the the free world in 1949 and her reign as Mystery Babylon began under the control of the Chaldean satanic secret societies with the first year of her rule as queen over the nations. Mystery Babylon born again in a covenant of death in which her political elite, her institutions of power, her media and much of her educational institutions came under control of these deep secret society groups who really represent Satan. And in a very real sense, they are Satan in the flesh. Beginning in 1950, America became Mystery Babylon. And what was the first thing Satan did? He threw a party. Let's go have a good time. Happy days are here again. America was tired of war. They were tired of depression. And who could blame them? 
but they forgot about righteousness. In the 50s, the good times of the 50s led into the anarchy of the 60s. And, you know, the Lord brought the Jesus revolution in the 70s as the me generation became so self-absorbed. And in the 80s, America decided to go back and figure out a new way to make money using debt. And in the 90s, we exploited the Japanese financial crash as a way to re, sort of refinance our own economy through the yen carry trade. And so we, we had a decade of easy money. They threw lending standards out the window and they created the, the dot-com bubble in 2000. And then they created the housing bubble in 2008. It blew up, finally hitting bottom in 2009. And here we are 13 years later. Interesting number, don't you think? 2022. So America's 70th year began in the spring of 2020, right when they did the lockdown. How appropriate. And if you can accept it, if you can receive it, the bioweapon that was released from the Wuhan lab, and that's, I believe that's now an accepted conclusion, Frank, that the coronavirus was in fact re-engineered and came out of the Wuhan lab. They won't confirm yeah, whether it was in, in, accidental or intentional. Yeah, it's pretty much been settled, uh, except for the you know people who are a part of it who still deny it. But the reality is everybody knows now. Everybody knows it came out of the lab. And the very first day that it happened, I knew it was intentionally released and it came forth out of the lab. I just knew it by the discernment of the spirit and – but look, if you're going to release a biological weapon, it's really helpful if you've got an alibi to say that, well, I'm sorry, you know, please forgive me. That was just an accident. Oops. <laughs> we just accidentally released a weapon that's going to kill a large number of people. Or, or is it, right? It's going to be used as an excuse to change the world. And the lockdown occurred the beginning of the 70th year of America Babylon. The next year, the 70th year expired in March of 21. That was 12 months ago, folks. And during that time, we had the second year of the pandemic. We had the vaccine project, which now we're beginning to see the vaccine itself is perhaps more dangerous than than the disease. Certain large the fruits of the vaccine are now coming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's creating long-term damage. And so, you know, in a very real sense, humanity's been under attack using bioweapons, using medical technologies, and and now the outright world war has begun. What's left other than to watch the dominoes fall? You know, it's just, it's kind of uh, surreal for me because you know I knew for sure these days would come. Had we paid attention to the text carefully, we could have discerned that a pandemic or a pestilence would precede the judgment. And the published speeches of Chinese generals disclosed they were planning to use a bioweapon to basically weaken the American economy before the war would break out. And, yeah, so here we are. And now the war has started. And... Still, the church is asleep, Frank. Yeah, and and I find it interesting that the way back in a time of crisis, folks, it's never changed. If my people will humble themselves, call a solemn assembly, seeking the Lord. It's amazing how all the inconsistencies in this world, the one consistency is what to do when you're in crisis. It's always been the same. Turn back to the Lord. Start seeking him, praying, fasting, repenting. God is very gracious and merciful. He's not changed it, made it any different or any harder than it's always been. The pattern has been the same through every revival in the Bible. If you want to turn back, this is what you do. You come humbly before your God. Folks, that's that's the thing right now in this hour. And Benjamin, you have been talking about this. This is probably the one thing I've always known you for 
even above everything else, is the call back to the Lord in humility. Well, because, because look, um, if we're not walking with him, if we're not walking in his spirit, then what are we doing? You know, Jesus himself warned us, many will seek to follow me. They'll seek to enter into the kingdom through the wide road of their own way. They're going to do what's right in their own eyes. They're going to operate under the Hellenist model of the knowledge of good and evil. And they'll be devoid of the Holy Spirit. They'll become argumentative. And what you know, what's the scripture in is it Second uh, Timothy where it talks about you know men would become lovers of their own self and and um, oh yeah and in the last days you know it, it would get terrible and um, and here we are we're we're in that time where I mean it is getting bad out there and yeah know this that in the Last days, perilous times shall come. That word actually means demon-possessed. For men will be lovers of their own self. An epidemic of narcissism has come upon the minds of men. Covetous, loving money, proud. The sin of pride was the, was the number one abomination that led to all of this. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, entitled to everything. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, slanderers, despisers of those that are good, traitors, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. What would that be? On the outside, they claim to be Christians, but denying the power. Denying, how does the power of God come into our life? Through the Holy Spirit. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? By being born again. But what does it take to walk with the Lord? You have to repent from your sin. You can't just continue in the outer court. And to walk with the Lord, to actually enter into his presence, you you can't whip that up with, with the solical emotion of the flesh. If anything, you have to you have to go down first. You got to go to that place of brokenness. That's what's coming. You know, Jeremiah 29, uh, the prophet writes, and I just read this to you guys. Jeremiah 29, for thus saith the Lord, this is verse 10. Well, actually, let me back up. Verse 8, Jeremiah 29, 8. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your false prophets and your diviners, your, your people who think they hear from heaven that are in the midst of you, let them not deceive you anymore, nor hearken unto your dreams, which you caused yourself to dream. For these prophets prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I've not sent them, says the Lord. There's an entire prophetic movement that is mostly false. Now, there is a true prophetic voice, but it's in the wilderness. It's not in the congregations of the dead. It's not in the outer court of apostasy. It's in the secret hiding place. And that living manna is reserved for a holy remnant. It's not going to be given to the pigs that could be trampled underfoot. Unto them only is the covenant of death and the ministry of death given, and plenty of false prophets to affirm and confirm those words of death. The Lord says these prophets false falsely prophesy unto you, and I have not sent them. For thus saith the Lord, after the 70 years are completed in America, Babylon, I will visit you. The visitation of the Lord is coming. God is coming to be revealed in his people. Luke 17, in the day that the Son of Man is revealed. Don't even go back to your house to get your things. The Lord is coming to visit us. And he's going to perform the good word that he promised us. And he's going to cause you to return to where? This place, the land of Israel. Why? Because. Why is everyone going to leave America? Because God's going to create a cause. The cause is going to be the absolute desolation of the nation. Following the war that's about to be fought on our soil. Everyone will simply know there's no point in staying. 
The Lord goes on, he says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord says the day of vengeance is in my heart. The thoughts he has towards the world is revenge and vengeance, judgment, fire poured out. He's going to utterly burn the earth with fire. The thought he has towards his own people, the year of my redeemed has come. We're entering into the year of redemption. Frank, in another program, I'd like to walk the listeners through all of the proof texts that circle this year as the year in which we should see the completion of these things. And by these things, I mean World War III and the beginning of the second exodus, the birth of the man-child. And you know, if it's not this year, it's the next. This is no longer a message that is far off. And, you know, Frank, I think about how in 1996, when I was translated into the future, while standing in my living room and just hanging up the phone, I was shown what is to come, but it was just shown to me. And uh, when the Lord took me back to my living room, I, I fell on my face weeping and screaming, okay? I could, and for a, a solid week, if I tried to even talk about it, I, I couldn't even talk about it. I would just break down. I would fall on the ground. I, I actually fell on the floor in a restaurant. I was, I started to talk to some friends of mine about what had happened, and I just broke down weeping, and I fell off the chair, and I just sat, laid on the floor, <laughs> howling. I'm sure everybody thought I was insane. Well, get ready. You're about to see them all go insane shortly, because what's coming is so beyond anything you can comprehend. You have to be in the anointing. You must have your mind stayed on the word of God. You must be aware constantly that you are walking before the presence of the Lord, that you're always aware that the Lord is watching. He's listening. Every word, every meditation, every thought, you're doing it all in the very presence of God. And whether we live or die, it's by the hand of the Lord. None of us can save ourselves from what's coming. You know, on our silver and our gold, forget it. It can't deliver you. If you don't have it, it's just one less thing to, to worry about, one less thing to lose. But the Lord in Jeremiah 29, he says, he, he comforts his people. And he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, th thoughts of peace, not evil. God is bringing the worst judgment that has ever occurred from the beginning of time until now. And, and, and this will never be repeated. The most wicked generation in the history of creation, is about to face the most severe judgment. Take the events of the past and, and, and put them up exponential powers. What is about to happen? But to his own people, he says, I know what I'm thinking of for you. I'm coming in visitation. I'm coming with the day of vengeance in my heart. But the year of my redeemed has come, and we are in that redemption right now. It's the year of Jubilee. And I can explain to you guys, not tonight, because we've already pretty much run out of time, but in another program, why there's a prophetic jubilee to the conclusion of these things in the spirit that has to do with the redemption of God's people in the midst of the judgment of the Lord. The day of vengeance is in his heart right now. Jesus is looking forward to two things. Number one, redemption of his people. The year of my redeemed has come. And this is the year in which God's going to work the complete redemption of our lives. And then the day of vengeance is going to be revealed onto the earth. Now, look, the day of vengeance is already happening in many parts of the earth right now. It's happening in Ukraine right now. It's going to be spreading like wildfire soon. And then. The scripture in Jeremiah 29 goes on and says, then you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. I will respond to your prayers and you shall seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. For I'll be found of you, saith the Lord, and I'll turn away your captivity. Did you know you're in captivity tonight? Oh, yeah, you are. 
hold churches in captivity to sin. Oh, Benjamin, that's not biblical. Really? What is the chaff to the wheat? What is the chaff to the wheat? No. The church walked away from the Lord. The church stopped praying. The church is full of an it's full of compromise. The church wanted to be like the world. And so all of these sins came within the church. And the ones that aren't snared in the various sins are snared in the sins of their mind. Pride and, and, and unforgiveness and high-mindedness. No, we've all fallen from the truth. Most Christians have never walked in the truth. They don't know what it means to actually walk with the Lord because they've never done it. They've just wandered around in the outer court, bumping into the false prophets and and the traffickers, the Canaanites that were there to make a buck on the word of the Lord. You know, send me your $58 pledge for an Isaiah 58 anointing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Show me anywhere in the scriptures where any of the true messengers of God asked for $58 so you could get chapter 58 promises. These men are frauds, all of them. Their judgment is not sleeping. Woe unto them now. But notice how the scripture says that we're going to find the Lord when we search for him with all of our hearts. And in the fire that we're about to walk through Its purpose is to burn all of the dross and all of the idolatry out of our lives. Bring us to the place where there is no other hope. There'll be no help from men. There'll be no hope in the flesh. But the Lord will be the hope of his people. And he says, I will be found of you in that day when you finally seek me with all of your heart. And I'll turn away your captivity. And I'll gather you from all of the nations. And from all the places where I've driven you, saith the Lord, and I'll bring you again to this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, you know, it's it's time to be like King David. When you're in the Lord's house and you're hungry, you got to eat the showbread. That was for the priests, right? But David was in the Lord's house. He was hungry. Folks, we have become priests according to the new covenant. And when the Lord took, changed the priesthood back to the Melchizedek model of king priest, Jesus became after the order of Melchizedek. And if you're the king, then you eat in the king's house. And if you're a child of the king, you eat at the king's table. And it's opportunity and time for us Mm. to begin to partake from the showbread Mm. and that's where we begin to eat in the holy place and then ultimately benjamin you've mentioned the that we want to be in the most holy place where you hear the voice of god amen and you see the shekinah glory with your eyes amen Yeah, you can see the fire with your eyes. And the thing is, though, Frank, a lot of people have never even been in the holy place yet. Their entire Christian experience has been in the outer court. And and that's okay. That was the experience of most of Israel as well. But in this time, the Lord says, enter into your chambers and close the door behind you. And, And as Frank said, if you're a child of the king, then his house is your house. We need to learn how to enter into the holy place, the inner chamber. And how do you do that? You enter his gates with thanksgiving. You enter his courts with praise. And it comes to a commitment of time. Time in the word, time in prayer, a commitment to fasting as best as you can. And, you know, I think fasting has become more difficult. I think prayer has become, there's greater hindrance now, which means we have to exert a greater commitment and we have to have a greater determination to break through because we still can. But, you know, this is a war that is getting more intense by the day. The abyss is opening. The Satanists are continuing to do rituals in which they're opening up the portals of the demonic. And the masses are being 
transformed by the genetic mutations that are occurring within them into a people that will one day soon worship the beast. And so, you know, this is the darkest time ever, but where sin abounds, grace abounds more. But Amen. I definitely, I definitely encourage you guys, you know, well, do whatever you would do if your life depended on it, because now it does. And your Absolutely. lives of your children and your grandchildren depend on you. The lives of, uh, of other people depend on you. One of us in prayer can save hundreds. One of us who breaks through into the secret hiding place of the Lord. Effectual prayer of those who are walking in true robes of righteousness can avail much. But I'm sure those of you, um, you know what I'm talking about when you've, you've been in situations where our own prayers seem to bounce off the ceiling. The heavens are brass. Or we've prayed with other people where it's just there's no breakthrough. Well, listen, if there's no breakthrough, there's something we need to do. There's something that needs to get dealt with at the cross. There's something that needs to get dealt with with the power of the blood of Jesus. There's something you need to take authority over. You need to break it. You need to smash it with the rod of the authority of the Lord. Now, it could be generational curses unresolved. It could be sin in your own life unrepented. It could be bitterness and unforgiveness. It could also be contamination of the land. It could be hindrance in the atmosphere. It could be direct satanic attacks. It could be a lot of things. But in all instances, we fight. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against forces of darkness. And believe you me, what we do in terms of our commitment to prayer and worship and praying in the spirit. And if you've never done it, learn how to pray with groanings beyond measure that Paul talks about. I think it's in the book of Romans where he mentions prayer with groaning. And literally, it can become more powerful than, than prayer with the, our knowledge. Breaking through. And look, at first, it seems like you're not succeeding. How do you get from, from hopelessly bound in the outer court to completely set free and able to enter into the inner court? Well, it takes time. You, you didn't get all bound up in one day. It's not going to all come off in one day. And part of it is, is the renewing of our mind. And part of it is direct warfare. But deep repentance prayer is more powerful than spiritual warfare. But I'm not saying spiritual warfare doesn't have a place. It does. Jesus said, I've given you authority and power over all of the power of the devil. And we better use it. Because we're headed into a war, and if we don't know how to fight, we're going to be casualties. And not only are we going to get ourselves killed, we're going to get our friends and family killed around us. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. Not for lack of faith. It's not for lack of a good heart. It's not for lack of intending to do well. It's for lack of knowing what you're doing. So study to show yourself approved. You know, And if you aren't really skilled in intercessory prayer and spiritual warfare go listen to the couple programs that i recorded i think you'll find them helpful go listen to some of the Derek prince material but be very careful of these you know deliverance only ministries especially the ones that want to charge you money 100 bucks an hour for me to pray for you uh i would steer you clear of most of those guys now some of them may be legit but David Wilkerson warned us at the time of the end there'd be a, a deception of deliverance-only ministries that would not really be of God that would come forth. And, you know, um, in the fullness of the anointing, these satanic yokes can be broken with a word. Hallelujah. And in Jesus' name, I bless each and every one of you. And I pray God would set you free, empower you through the power of his Holy Spirit to take the authority that you might receive the victory that Jesus has already purchased for you. It was already won in the heavens. We need to pray it through in the kingdom Amen. below. In Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother, for that. And folks, listen, there, as Benjamin said, there are problems from every direction, whether generational, circumstantial, uh, spiritual, it doesn't matter. The truth is, if you read Isaiah 58, the Lord says, do it my way, and I will break every yoke. I, 
I don't know where you're going to find a more powerful promise. He didn't say a few. He said every. Right on. And you can take that to the bank. And it, and uh, so please, folks, just study, read, pray, fast, seek the Lord, and he will do the rest. He didn't say for you to go out and win the battle on your own. He said, seek ye the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you, meaning God will take care of everything else. Your job right now is to seek him. Then he will give you the directions on what to do. And as Benjamin was saying, when he read Isaiah 51, 50, if you read 49 right behind there, this takes place right after the destruction of Babylon. The post is leave, go, and let Jerusalem come into your mind. Well, folks, it's time right now we begin to seek the Lord and find out, hey, your call might be to stay right where you're at. Your call might be – you're going to be called as a witness, whatever. Your call might be to go somewhere. I don't know what your call is. That's between you and God. I just know, and Benjamin knows, and we all know, that we got to hear from the Lord in this hour. There's no man that can be trusted. And so this t- is the time when the Lord is desiring to lead his people. So, folks, let him lead. Benjamin, thank you for that must needed closing tonight on that program. I appreciate that, brother. God bless you. And folks, continue to tune in as long as we can. We will continue to share by God's grace um, the what is going on in this world and about the kingdom. Keep us in prayer and God bless each of you. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. <laughs>